Thank you for tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and encourages your daily life. This is history for us because this is the very first time ever that we've gone to a church, uh, David and I together. He's given his testimony before, and uh, I've preached before, and but we've never shared the story together. So this is the very first time at the Remodel Church in Granite, Arkansas that we're going, we're going to do that. So thank you for having us and allowing us that, that honor today to do that. It's an awesome, it's, we love this young man. Uh, his dad and I have been friends for a very, very, very long time. Seems like forever. And what a man of God, what an apostle. He, if there ever was a modern day apostle, it is Brother Augustine Tenna. Planted many churches. And I believe he'll probably plant many more. That's, he's just, he's just that kind of guy. We love him and Jet, Sister Janet. Well, I'd like to start off by telling a little bit of my story. I hadn't always been a preacher. Uh, there was a time I was a nightclub entertainer and uh, equipment salesman, all of the above, more of a nightclub entertainer. That was my life and just lived in the clubs and hot springs and played for, played for some good things when bad family things, and that's where it all started out. You know, the devil, devil's very subtle. He starts you out doing some things that ain't too bad, and you, he'll get you off into something that's a lot worse before it's over, I promise you. How many knows he come to kill, to steal, and destroy? But I love what Jesus said. I have come that you might have life, and you might have it more abundantly. So I was playing in the clubs, and, and uh, David... My son, I was a horrible father for my first two children. I mean horrible. And uh pathetic human being. Drinking that old nasty crown by the gallon. I was a chain smoker. Smoked cigarettes one right after the other. Chased women. Did it all. And uh so he, as a young man, sort of followed me out into my lifestyle. That's horrible. It's horrible for me to have to admit that. But he followed me out into the party life. And uh, where where my party was in the clubs and the drinking and that kind of life, his party was the new thing was the meth parties, doing methamphetamines. And so he winds up partying a different kind of party. They're both destructive. It don't really matter. You can go either way. They're going to get you. No matter whether it's alcohol or meth or, you know, the, a lot of the new things. They come up with new things every day. I'm telling you. We live in a very addicted society. We're even addicted in churches, you know, because really what addictions are, we get addicted to activities and behaviors. We don't just get addicted to substances. So a lot of times we develop these these activities and behaviors and and it it's really dis, it's really destructive in our lives. You can get addicted to coming to church because you come to church and you sit in church. Sometimes you think, man, this church, church is going to change me. But you really got to do some things. You got to do some commitments. You got to you got to surrender to God. You got to give Him your life. You can sit in a garage for a year and it won't make you a car, Amen. You can sit in church forever and it won't make you a Christian. If you won't make your life right, you got to you got to do some things. But anyway. He followed me off out of this lifestyle, and uh, his life went horribly 
downward. And he got involved with some, not bad people, but just some other sons that were making some horribly bad decisions, murder, um, death, killings, a lot of things. So I want him to come right now. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to let him share a little bit of his story. And then when he gets through, I'm going to come back and, uh, and, and tell you a few things that's going on. God is powerful, man. I'm telling you, the Lord's up, he's up to some good things. Amen. I love my son. Love where he's at today. Well, praise God. Um, first of all, what an honor and a privilege to be able to stand up here, coming from where I come from, and, and to give you guys my testimony. I want to thank Brother EJ uh, for inviting us. Uh, that's just awesome. Uh, this is the first time that I've really ever uh, given my testimony to strangers or people outside of our church or the Father's house. So uh, just bear with me. Um, it started when I was about 14. You know, following dad off into the clubs, I started, I think I started using drugs the first time when I was 14. Uh, it lasted till I was about 25. It was, um, I wasn't prejudiced. I used all drugs. It didn't matter. Um, <clears throat> I got off into, uh, after I, I actually went in the Marine Corps for a little while, for about four years. When I got back from the Marine Corps, um, it got off into uh, the methamphetamine was the new thing. I got off into that. And I got off into, into selling drugs. I got really, really deep into selling drugs. I got mixed up with uh, a lot of bad folks. Dad said they were just uh, making bad choices, but a lot of them were bad folks. Um, I got mixed up with a prosecuting attorney uh, out of Saline County that was uh, very, you know, he's a prosecuting attorney during the day, and at night he was a drug dealer, so... I got mixed up into a lot of bad things. I'm sure if you're older in the in the mid '90s, you probably heard that about that prosecuting attorney. Uh, he was on the national news and everything when they took him down. And uh, matter of fact, they're still uh, linking him to a couple of murders and stuff there in Benton. Uh, but it got really, really bad. I got uh, I got down to about 130 pounds. Uh, just eyes sunk back in my head. I was just I was just walking dead. You know, that's the way uh, uh, Brother Van seen me on uh, Malvern Ivory one time, and he told Dad, hey, I just looked dead. I was dead to the world, just walking around dead. Um, and uh, But we got, we got past that, and I actually was carried out. Uh, when all that started going down, I was actually carried out in the woods by a, a man, and um, he, was, he was fixing to take my life. Uh, he, uh, he had been told that, you know, the sever all ties with everything that was going on. And so he was, he was there to take my life. Uh, and uh, he told me, though, he said, if you would call your dad. He said, I'll tell you what, he said, if you'll call your dad, have your dad come get you and you go home. He said, I'll spare your life. And so that's what I did. I said, if you'll carry me back home or back where I was staying, I said, I'll call my dad. And so I did. I called my dad and I said, you know, I'm done. I'm finished. Come get me. So um, he, uh, he told me to pack one bag of clothes. And then we went, uh, he come got me, and we went back out there to where the father's house is now, and I started my life over. Uh, I was 25 when that happened. So we didn't know at the time, uh, you know, he was, a lo- he was a logger at that time. We didn't know at the time, but God was training him, the program, on how to help folks. So the first step was to get me out of that environment, out in the middle of nowhere where, where, where you know, he could get me, he could get me, uh, 
get the drugs out of my system, get, get my head right. And then he started working me daylight till dark for about, uh, uh, you know, about six, seven days a week. You know, we get up before the sun. We work till, till the sun went down. And we went to church uh, at Brother Van's church over in Bismarck for, um, you know, uh, every time the door was open. So we use that program now that, that way. That's how we help or try to help lead these men and women from the lifestyle that they were, that they were in to a, a better life, the life that God chose for us, a life that God wants for us. And uh, it's, been, it's been an awesome experience. I'm now out there helping uh, with them guys. Uh, I've got a, a wife. I've got a beautiful wife. i got six kids. So, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, hallelujah's right. Uh, matter of fact, two of them are with us. Uh, uh, the little twin boys, they're, they're seven years old, Cheeto and Frito is what we call them back there. And they're with us. Uh, and it's just been an awesome experience where God brought me from. I love the name of the church, the remodel church, because that's what he wants to do with our lives is just remodel our, remodel our lives. You know, that's what he did with mine. And I just, I just thank you for your time uh, and your patience. And I'll turn it back to you. Well, he, he did the short version, and uh, there was a lot of things that went on between there. Uh, I remember being in a, uh, when I got, you know, it, isn't it amazing how when we get saved, man, we're just fired up. We believe, we believe Jesus can do anything at any time, and uh, we're so on fire. And so that's all the way I was when I got, when I got in church. I ser- served Brother Van for seven years, and I served another pastor for eight years before I went in the ministry. So I served, I served 15 years, uh, two pastors before I went in, before I started uh, the, the church. And uh, in Hot Springs, of course, Brother Augustine was a big part of that. I'm, I was calling him before I ever started it and bouncing things off him. He's, he's just a man of faith. But, but you know, it, it's amazing how uh, how we how we are and where we come from, but we're so fired up. So I believed. I just believe God can do anything. How many believes that God can do anything? Do you really believe that? I mean, here's all of the way it is. If he can, if he can't do everything, he can't do anything. Hallelujah! But if he can do anything, he can do everything. And so I just I, I just thought he could do everything. So I mean, I'm, I was inviting. Uh, David to come to church and he wasn't interested at first because he had heard all of his daddy's uh, stuff and he thought man this is just another crazy thing my daddy's involved in this is going to be a quick thing and it'll be over and he'll be back in the clubs and he'll be back doing his thing so he wouldn't come to church I was in a I was in a um, uh, a, a prayer meeting you know you if you have some Kentucky fried chicken everybody comes out but if you have a prayer meeting you'll have about five people show up so there was about five people showed up at this little prayer meeting, and I was there at this prayer meeting, and uh, I prayed, I'm just crying out to the Lord out of desperation, God, he's not coming, you know, he's going to die in this if you don't help him, and so, man, I'm going to do my best, because this is, this is, this is pretty hard heart-wrenching if I go, I sort of get to relieve some of this stuff. And so the Holy Ghost told me, said, I want you to just go and be a church and go take church to him, deliver church to him. So I started taking a word, just a scripture, and and I'd go to where he was selling drugs. So I'd go up in the drug house where they're selling drugs 
and uh, that's the only way I could really get to see him a lot of times. And so I'd go in there and and just quote a scripture. I could get one scripture in sometimes. They were cussing us and using all those four-letter words on me. And uh, my wife, amen, she's, I don't know whether she's just in love or she's just nutty, but she went with me and and we went in there and uh, and just knew God was going to protect us. And she's been arm in arm with me everything I've ever done in ministry. And uh, what an awesome lady. But, uh, but we, we started going in there and we would, we'd quote a scripture and they're, they're cussing me and telling me, you don't need to be in here. And, and then I'd get to the door and I'd tell them I'm going to pray and they'd say, we don't want you praying in here and blah, blah, blah. I said, I'd say, well, just patronize me. I'm going, I'm going to pray anyway. And I just drop my head and start praying. Amen. And what I found out was, that the word of God is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I'm telling you, it's a discerner of the thoughts and of the very intents of the heart. And so as I begin to, those scriptures begin to get in the spirit of, of David and his, some of his friends. And so God was moving, even though it didn't look like God was moving, it, things were sort of getting worse instead of better. You know, sometimes things get worse before they get better, but that don't mean that God ain't moving. That don't mean that God not hearing your prayer when you're crying and you're you're reaching out and crying out to him over your loved ones and your sons and your daughters I'm telling you he's a God that listens how many knows he's real this morning and so we begin to we begin to see going there and every once in a while I, I had money back then I had a big old logging business and had a lot of money and I was spending a lot of money and I remember one time I couldn't find him, and I bought this big old long Cadillac, and it was huge and black, one of them big ones. I don't even know what you call them. But it was new and black, and I could, I seen him one down the road, and I thought, I'm going to run him down because I want to talk to my boy. And so I got to chasing him, and I, he was chasing me and dodging me and all that. And we had, we was, we'd both got arrested if we'd got pulled over because we was both speeding. And, but I was going to catch him. And so finally he seen he couldn't outrun me, so he just pulled over. And I pulled up behind him. He saw who it was. And he said, Daddy, you're going to wind up getting killed. My Lord. And I said, well, you're the one I'm trying to catch. I said, I'm just trying to talk to you. And so we had a lot of moments like that where we had, you know, God would just put us in touch with each other. But God was working. He likes to work when nothing else will work. Do you know that? God likes to work when nothing else will work. When you're out of options and you're, you're, you know, I've cried myself. To, now, if you've never had a child or a spouse or somebody you loved involved in, in dangerous situations, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. But I have cried myself to sleep at night. I have cried for three and four hours. I have cried till I run out of water to cry. Amen. I, I've cried when I had to leave him in jail. I, you know, I finally promised the Lord, if you put him somewhere, I'll leave him there and you can, you know, I, I'm going to give him to you. And I did. And then I'd still get him out of jail. But I remember the one time I, I decided, I said, Lord, I ain't getting him out again. And so the, I had to leave him there. And I remember him him asking me to come and get him. And I could have very easily, but I left him there. And I, I hung up the phone and I cried myself to sleep. God, I know you're up there, but man, I really need you to do something. 
I really need some help here. I'm, I really feel like it, it's getting worse instead of better. God, are you there? Have you ever, have you ever doubted God when you cried out to him and when he wasn't talking? But I found out that when God's giving you a test a lot of time, the teacher ain't talking when he's giving you a test. Sometimes the teacher's quiet, but it don't mean the teacher ain't in the room, but it, he's just giving you a test. Amen. When the teacher's quiet, that's when you know that God is giving you a test. So one young man got cut in half with a ninja sword, and half of him hauled to one county, and half of him hauled to another county. People getting killed, and and I'm telling you, it was horrible all around us. And and uh, I remember one time, and David, David, and his his drug boss would come and got Sandra. And they were, you know, she got in the car because it was David, and they, I don't know whether David even knew exactly what was going on, but they they carried her to they carried her over to Hot Springs and bought a beeper and put on her, and they brought her back and dropped her off out there at the house where we used to live, where the father's house was at. And, and, and Greg, this young man, he, he's, we, we're going to wrap the story up telling you about him in a minute. But Greg called me on the phone and he told me, he said, you need to be careful about coming around here because, you know, something could happen to your family or they can come up missing or, or anything can happen. So you, you, you need to be really careful about coming uh, to places you shouldn't come to. And so it, it scared me. I mean, I was, I was shaking like a it scared me, and I thought, man, my family is could be every one of us can be killed in a in a in a heartbeat. And so I decided I, I can't go back over there no more. I've got to protect the ones the my, the family I got left here. I've got to protect them. And here's David over there in that mess, and and I'm praying, and it's like the Holy Ghost told me, said, "You go back, I'll be with you. I promise you. You just go on back. I'm going to give you a special anointing if you'll go back." Amen. So I told my wife, I said, "I'm going back," and she said, "I'm going." with you hallelujah so we went back and from that time on god has given us a special grace and a special anointing to love people with addictions and help them and listen i'm telling you if you don't love them you can't help them you got to love them. You, their, their behavior is sometimes almost unbearable. They'll, you'll help some of them. They'll turn on you. Amen. They'll put blast you on Facebook. They'll do all kinds of stuff. But that don't mean you can't, you can't love. It. How, where would we be if Jesus had loved us if he hadn't have loved us just because of our behavior and he'd have scratched you off because you wasn't doing the right thing? If he'd have condemned us to hell because of what we were doing. But ain't you glad that while we were yet sinners, Jesus died? for us. He never quit loving you. He never quit wanting to help you and serving you. He never quit showing up for you as anybody in the house. I'm telling you, he loves you while you're in your mess. He lo- He don't love you any different because you're doing bad or you're doing good. He, you're his child and he loves you and he's coming for you. Hallelujah. Every time. And so it wasn't long till then we catch the story where, G- where David took up, where he come home. And God began to work in his life and change his situation. I remember one time in the shop, working in our shop, and a man had, a man called me looking for David. Not long after he had been decided he was changing his life, this young man had got shot three times on his front steps in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Two guys come up, flash badges. They were they they were planning on killing him. As God would have it, he didn't die. Shot three times. Pretty close range. He goes to the hospital. He gets well. And he calls my house looking for David, my son. 
And so, because he thought David had set him up, and it is a long story. So I talked to this young man, and I asked him, I said, man, listen, do you not know that God spared your life? Do you not know that God has a plan for you? Do you not know how much Jesus loves you? Man, do you not know that this is God? My son's down here getting his life together. He's doing better. Do you not know that God is in the middle of all this? That God is hes orchestrating all this? I said, I'm going to pray with you. And I prayed with him over the phone. And I said, now I'm going to let you talk to my son. And y'all need to work this out because I don't want my family to be put in dire straits anymore. So whatever you got to do, get it worked out. And let's move forward with our lives because his life's going in a good direction. And they talked on the phone and, and they moved forward. I'm telling you, our life, it was horrible. So the story gets sweeter though. Isn't God amazing? I, about six years ago, I am uh, uh, working with some of the courts, and uh, and J- Judge Ralph Ohms from Hot Springs, he's still a judge there. He calls me, and he says, I've got a young man that I want you to come and interview. And uh, he said, I want you to talk to this, this young man and see if you can help him. And I said, I'll be glad to. So I come to the court, and I'm talking to this young man, and he tells me his name is Josh. First name's Josh. I said, what's your last name? And he tells me his last name. And his last name has the same last name of the, the man that David used to work for, who was his boss when he was selling drugs. And I thought, man, that is something. So I, I asked him, I said, who's your daddy? And he told me, he said, Greg. And I said, oh, Lord. I said, son, this is God. If there is a God in heaven, this is God. I said, you need to come home with me, and you need to come to the Father's house, and you need to go through the program. And so he does. He comes to the Father's house. He is going through the program. And while he's in the program, guess who starts coming to the house of God? Guess who starts coming to church? His old daddy. Hallelujah. Ain't God good. And I'm telling you, I got to see my son in church and his boss in church. And they're shaking hands and hugging necks before the service. And we get to love on him and minister to him and and talk to him about the Lord. And when he has a problem, guess what? He's calling us then but it ain't calling us like they he used to call us he's calling us because we met we met a long lanky galilean with a glaring glaze called jesus christ amen and he saw what he'd done in our life and he knew if he could do it in our life he could do it in his life i'm telling somebody in the building this morning if he done it for us he'll do it for you amen if he do it if he done it for you he's gonna do it for your friend and you for your neighbor and everybody in the around this area So, Josh goes through the program. Greg starts coming to church. Unfortunately, about a year ago, it's been about a year, hasn't it? Or has it been longer than a year? About a year. I get a phone call. Greg has had a massive heart attack. He just drops dead instantly. He's doing good. He's working for Embassy Suites in Hot Springs, Arkansas, and he's working every day and doing what he should do. And, you know, I don't know. He's still having some struggles, but I'm saying he was doing right. And I get a call, and he is, he's, he's had a massive heart attack and died instantly. The family says, we want you to preach his funeral. Would you preach his funeral? I said, I'd love to. 
feel honored to. So at his funeral, got the friends, got Josh, his son, sitting on the front row that come through our program, got my son sitting there, used to work for him. And I tell, I tell the folks at his funeral, I'm going to tell you something about Greg that you don't know. There never would have been a father's house if there hadn't have been for a Greg. There never would, be, would have been an Ark of Praise church if there hadn't have been for a Greg. But because of the pain, isn't it amazing how God can take our pain and he can turn it into passion. And then passion turns into purpose. And the very thing that the devil meant for our harm, the very thing that the devil meant to take us down with and destroy our family with is what God turns around and he said, I will take the, I will take the mess of your lives and I will make a ministry out of what the devil meant to make a mess. I'm telling you what the enemy means for your harm God has a plan to turn it around this morning and do something outstanding out of your life he come to kill the Bible says the devil came to kill to steal and destroy I'm telling you he wants to kill our families have you ever lived in a time like it is now when people are so mixed up amen they don't know they don't know whether they're washing or hanging out it's what my mama used to say we so nutty we nutty as a bunch of fruitcakes but I'm telling you it may be the, to the point that the devil thinks he's got things going on it tells me in Timothy that in the last days period times are going to come and that sounds bad you get to people will be lovers of their own selves they'll be covetous boasters proud disobedient to parents and boy if you read that you think that's depressing but then I get to reading over in the book of Acts and I read something else it said in the last days I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy I'm telling you we've never lived in an opportunity for the church like we have now we have an opportunity to reach the lost we have an opportunity, amen, to see the harvest brought in. There's never been a stage set like there is set right now to reach the world. And churches, we got to start shaking ourselves like a wet dog coming out of a creek. And we got to realize God's called us to do something. Man, listen, we got to quit just sitting on church benches. We are the church, amen. He puts the anointing in our lives. I was reading on the way over here in Isaiah, the 10th chapter, verses 20, in verse 27, it tells us that, that the anointing is to break the yoke, amen, that the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. He wants to destroy yokes in our generation. He's just looking for somebody, amen, that he can use to send out there that's got so much of God in you that your God's bigger than the problems of the world. You either got a little God or you got a you got a big God. And it's all in how you look at him. David said, oh magnify the Lord with me. I want to tell you when your God gets big, your problems get little. Hallelujah. When your God gets big, your stuff gets small. Amen. You either got a little you got a big problems with a little God or you got a big God with little problems. I don't know what you're looking at yours this morning but I'm telling you my God's big just punch your name and say my God's big he's big he's bad too hallelujah yes he is he's more powerful with love than the devil is with wickedness did you know that that where 
iniquity doth abound. God's grace is much more abound. You get in a place where it's really wicked. Man, there's going to be a bunch of grace there too. Hallelujah. Why? Because cause grace cancels out wickedness. We got a good thing going, amen, when you get on Jesus' side. Too many times we try to get Jesus on our side. We try to do the leading, and we want him to follow us. And if he followed us, we'd be in trouble. But if we follow him, things happen, and God is so powerful. Who would have ever thought? We didn't figure this out. See, the thing about God is he does stuff and then people want to give you credit for it. Like you some smart dude and you figured all this out. And it just it just fell on you. I mean, you can't figure God's stuff out. You can't plan stuff like this. You can't plan how this is all going to work. It's God. He's the planner. Amen. All we're supposed to do is just, we're the boater, but he's the floater. Hallelujah. Somebody told me, he says, because we got a church named the Ark. They says, y'all, y'all are the boater over there. And I said, no, we just the floater. Amen. God's the boater. Hallelujah. How many, I mean, God's the, God's the floater. We're just the boater. We can, we can, we can be in the boat. Amen. But God's got to make the thing float. He's the one. That's going to get us through every adversity of our life. I was thinking this morning, usually I come preaching, I thought, no. I said, this is about people with problems. Man, I felt, I felt like this was God. The minute he, Brother EJ, we talked, we actually talked about another date first. But I thought, this is God. Because somebody in Granis, Arkansas, needed to hear that God can bring it full circle. Man, there is nothing so bad that God can't fix. Did you know some people get arrogant and they think that they are this bad sinner? They think they've been so, such a bad sinner that God can't even save them. They think they've done so much wrong and they look at their past, and the devil has tied them to their past, they've never really embraced their future because they're still living in their past. But, but God, where iniquity doth abound, his grace does much more abound. Man, if God can't save you from everything, he can't save you from anything. If he can save you from anything, he can save you from everything. He either can or he can't. He either is or he ain't. I know this ain't a good word, but he ain't. He either is or he ain't. He either, he is, he's either what he says he is or we've just been wasting a lot of time in our lives following a God that can't do anything. But you know what? You can believe what you want to believe, but here's what I'm come to tell you this morning. Can't nobody convince me that I don't serve a mighty God, a God that's able to do it all. Why? Because we've experienced it. If you had never, if he ain't ever brought you out of anything, you might not understand it. But I'm telling you, I'm like little David. When he come up before Goliath, I'm like him. I've already seen him he's used a, he's already helped me kill a bear and he's already helped me kill a lion and so this giant that's standing before me right now will be like any of them he's going down look at somebody and say my giant's going down this morning 
I know your marriage has been in trouble. I've been hearing this young man that's leading praise and worship this morning. I was listening to him as he was praying. Some of the things he was praying about, depression, adversity, problems. We've all got problems. They come to the, they come to the wicked and the just. Storms are, they're going to come to all of us. Man, God, he'll let you have a storm just as, so you know you're anchored. Storms either prove you or they move you. They either prove you are or they prove you ain't. You either got a hold of something that's unmovable or you got a hold of something that's going to shake you up real good. Because when you got a hold to God, he's unmovable. He's unshakable. Oh, you might feel, you might get some water on your face. Amen. You might get blowed around a little bit. You might, you might, hell might jump up and, 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 and try to terrorize you and intimidate you. But, but my point is, after all, all the dust settles, you'll still be standing, amen, with your loins girt with truth, amen, with, with the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit. So here's what I'd like to do this morning. I'd like for us to bow our heads. I want to get real for just a minute. Lord, we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you orchestrated this meeting this morning. Lord, there's not a doubt in my mind because, Lord, you order our steps. They're ordered by you. So we know this morning, God, it was in your design and it was your plan that David and I show up with our wives, Danette, Misty, and the kids this morning to this church in Granite, Arkansas because you were going to do something. Lord, through our testimonies, somebody else is going through things that might be similar. They might not be drug-related. They just might be behaviors and activities and situations in their family that's been repeated because we've got in a we've got in a, a, a we've got in a routine. We formed a routine that's destructive or unhealthy. We're trying to quit arguing with our spouse, but it seems to come up again. We're trying to discipline our thoughts, but we seem to we seem to still have a problem with sexual things that pull at us. And God, we're doing everything we can, but Lord, we need something special this morning from the throne room of glory to help us break the cycles in our lives that have been causing us to repeat the mistakes of the past. And God, I pray this morning, you didn't come to condemn us and judge us for anything because that's not what you do at this time. But you come to save us and help us. Condemnation is not from you. John 3.17 says, You came not to condemn the world, but that the world through you might be saved. But conviction is our friend. Conviction pulls us to a place of repentance. And to a place of gratefulness. And humility where we can say, God, I want to break the cycles in my life. I want a better life. I've stayed in this, I've stayed in this place long enough. 
God, I want to change. And this morning, I feel change is in the air in the remodeled church in Granite, Arkansas. I think this is my morning for change. This is the end of the message. For more information, go to www.theremodelchurch.com.